still don't remember what the name of, uh, of the own podcast that we have is sometimes. I want to say eight different things because I run three different podcasts and I've changed the name of one. So I want to say the wrong thing every time. But Jared, how are you doing today? I'm just doing wonderful. I'm ready for our Bench Warmers podcast to get going. W. Uh, we are absolutely on a roll right now. We have fancy football rolling. We got Kentucky football rolling. We got our Epis smashing out, doing yep. well, and uh, ready to talk some more Kentucky football. Our, our little post game after whooping up on the Red Hawks. Uh, some interesting things yeah. happened. We've got some new news with different things. So, yeah, I'm ready to yeah. dive into it. All right. Well, first of all, I need to ask you whether or not you've heard about the Iowa offensive coordinator. No. I uh, I told we did talk about this. I do feel like circling about back to it. So I was reading today, and I this did just get validated in a story. We talked about the other day how they scored seven points, three off a field goal, and four points off two safeties. Yep. Um, I've seen a lot of people making jokes saying that they sent back football a hundred years, and it just looked like a colorized football game from nineteen twenty. It did. It did look like that. But oh, I, I seen, so you, I, I seen a, uh, I, I seen something that said, imagine Iowa football putting these hospital kids to watch that football game. Oh my god, <laughs> bro, <laughs> it's like, bro. No, okay. So if it doesn't get any worse than that, so <laughs> those poor okay, kids so, had to watch that whole game. So I was reading this story today, and apparently. The athletic director um, had to make a tough decision, and he decided, he said, okay, so the offensive coordinator is the son of the head coach. It is Kirk Ferentz, and his son is Brian Ferentz, who is the offensive coordinator. Yep. Uh, Gary Barto, which is the athletic director, he is in control of who gets fired and who not. He could actually go past the coach and say, I fired this dude. So <laughs> he decided, man, that is a tough phone call. I cannot, he literally said this, I cannot call and make this head coach fire his son and tell his son that he's fired. He can't. He said, I just don't have it in me. So instead of firing this dude, do you know what they did with him? Take a guess. I want you to take a guess what they did. Oh, also, this guy has a history of racism as well and uh, sexist tweets. So Um, do you know what they did with Mr. Brian Fritz? He is no longer the offensive coordinator. Can you guess what they did? Did they make him the janitor? No, they made him the university president. He is the 23rd president of Iowa. Wait, <laughs> the university what? of Iowa. Yes, he is now promoted to the university president, no longer offensive coordinator. Um, so, yeah, Brian Fritz, congrats. You did horrible at your job and got a promotion. I, I envy no you. no sense at all. <laughs> I have no idea. But that that's my interesting story of the day is that this dude – Scored seven, or actually, if you look, Iowa has actually been outscored by their defense in nine of their last ten games. They, uh, their offense is horrifically bad, and so this dude got uh, canned for it and ended up getting a promotion out of it. So, congrats to him. Good job, Brian Fritz. You're a you're a legend. Yeah. All right, so let's go on and take Iowa State, who has like I think they have more top five recruits or like a five, five star recruits than all the Pac twelve or something. Oh my god! Yeah, I think nah. that, I think that's a thing. Or or second most in the Big Twelve. It's something crazy. Like you would not yeah. think that Iowa State would have like a top tier recruiting. Yeah, they've been pretty decent over the past few years. So 
All right. Well, let's get to the Miami Redhawks versus UK uh, game of the day. So it, it was a it was a not so pretty start. Um, literally off the first drive, they uh, marched down the field and scored seven points, and I was thinking, oh, this ain't looking good. And then we kind of turned. Well, we kind of had held it close till halftime. Jared, what was your reaction in the first half of that game? What what were you thinking? Because I was thinking, the left side of this line does not look good. And our DBs looked okay, but we were playing too soft. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Stoops even said, like, in the first half defensively, they were just playing, which we had seen, I told you, against Missouri last year, they were just dumping it off to Tyler Beatty, left, right, center, in the flats, because our defensive backs were playing so far off and just allowing the short catches. And then they would throw these short, like these four-yard out routes just over and over and over again. And Iowa was doing the same thing, just doing out routes. Like you meant positive. Miami. <laughs> no. You said oh, Iowa. Oh, did I say Iowa? <laughs> you know what I meant, Miami. Brian Ferentz living rent free. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that first half, they were doing the same thing. I I mean, maybe they should kind of think about just being more physical and being the aggressor. And finally, when it came to the second half, they did. It changed a lot. It changed the entire game. But in the first half, that was the biggest issue was them just allowing ticky-tack. Well, actually, that was the first drive. After that first drive, they were much more aggressive. They weren't allowing the short underplays. And, yeah, offensively. That offensive line's awful. I mean, they made yeah. some changes for this week, but dang, and that that the entire game on Saturday was you could see it. I mean, they were sending blitzes, they were doing twists, they were doing all kinds of delayed blitzes, and that entire left side was just getting dismantled. The right side was holding their own. The right side was not too yeah. shabby. They were doing fine. But that yeah. left side, I mean, Will Levis got sacked, what, three times or something? Uh, Yeah, three times. He got, yeah, three, t- uh, no, four times. He got sacked four times. Uh, Technically, his stat line shows seven carries for minus 18 yards. So, and we, we know that that's not all him. He's yeah. not going to go back 18 yards. Yeah. It, he, he, he had little time at times. To, and they were getting confused, me and you were texting about this, about stunts. Any stunt that they did, uh, the left side of that line had no idea who to look at. If they did any kind of maneuver, our left guard and our left tackle would go two different ways and would totally react to it the absolute wrong way. It, it was kind of dis, uh, discouraging to look at because it was any stunt they were falling for. And I was like, God. So, yeah, Walla we'll go, Ball, who was the left tackle for Saturday, he should not touch the field the rest of the year unless there's three injuries ahead of him. Like, he's yeah. awful. I don't know what he was looking at. There was times where there they would send two guys, and both would shoot in the inside, and he would just watch them go inside, and he would just stay on yeah. the outside waiting for someone else. It's like, dude, yeah. you ha- you literally have one job to block someone. Yeah, dude, I want- you see, Just get a hand on him at least. I saw one play where he literally – they ran a double stunt inside – and he looked at the left guard. In the left guard, it was it was both of them doing the wrong play. Left guard went to double team the nose tackle with the center, and so Wallaball went nowhere. 
while the ball went towards no one and nobody picked up a guy, this dude went straight to Will Levis untouched. Nobody even paid attention to him. I think that's and, also a miscommunication thing. Um, yeah. I think on on when I played Little League football, like, you know, I was offensive line. Yeah, believe that. The very next year I was quarterback. Not to flex. I'm literally not flexing. Yeah, big flex. He's yeah, actually flexing right now on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're on the offensive line, you're supposed to connect your feet. It starts with the center, literally. That's like the core. And then the left guard, right guard, left tackle, right tackle, they all touch their feet. That's how you connect. As soon as they're – because you have to have that communication as a as an offensive line. If you see someone, you know, doing a stunt – you can't get tricked to, you know, just hold yourself, you know, stay in your position, guard your wall. It's kind of like in, on defense. Like if you have a zone, use your zone, but trust your teammate that he's also going to do his part. And I, I think Walla Ball was, I mean, dude, that was Miami, Ohio. If if he plays in a yeah. team like against Florida or even a, a smaller C team like Vandy, Vandy will whoop up on Miami right now. And uh, yeah, big flex yeah. too. Like Miami's, I mean, Vandy's nothing special, but they're bigger than Miami. And yeah. I don't want to see Wallaball should be playing for Vandy. I hate that I'm sitting here bashing on Wallaball, but the guy, the guy just needs to improve. He just needs to get better. Yeah, there's definitely some some things that weren't ironed out. Like I don't. I don't doubt that the kid could have talent, could be good down the line, but he's definitely got some work to do, especially between him and the left guard on communication. Uh, it it was it was discouraging to watch. But we before we get to the changes made for this week for the Florida game, second half came out with a bang. Barry and Brown uh, house call house call made a quick turn to go diagonal and was gone. My he was the MVP, Barry and Brown. He was the fastest player in college football over the weekend. He uh, was clocked at 22 miles per hour running down the sideline. 22 miles per hour running in pads. In pads. Insane. Nobody stood a chance to catch him when he when he got angles. There was nobody. There was nobody going to lay a hand on him. This was the most exciting I've seen a UK passing attack in years. Because... We had Wandale last year. I was excited anytime Wandale touched the ball, but it felt like anybody could touch the ball and it not, you know, for years we were worried about Dorian Baker's hands. And then a lot of times it was, you know, Josh Ali was the only guy. And even at times he was streaky. He was hot. There was every, there was three solid wide receivers that we have. Tavion Robinson, who killed it in his UK debut. Dane Key, who I was happy to see get a touchdown. Barry and Brown, who just was electric. And then you had everybody else fill in. I mean, you had multiple guys. We had, I think, nine players with a catch. And it was encouraging to see that because many times we've only had one or two guys at most. And our tight ends did not even get involved as much. And I think that's something that they're hiding for this week because our tight ends were supposed to be a strength. We all know it. We all know that that's how Scangarello game plans. And he tipped off that he's not going to show his hand. He said, I did not show my hand. He wants people to worry. He wants to keep his offense hidden for the games that matter. And so I'm excited. I wanted to see them shred the ball out a lot, and they did. Now, another sad thing is Ramon Jefferson is out for several weeks. 
Stoop said today that he he had two carries for 10 yards. I liked the way he ran. Then you texted me and said he does not have his helmet. Yeah, and I then we confused. figure out today. I was like, because he literally got hurt on the very first, on his first carry, on his first touch as a Wildcat. He got hurt. And, I, and you know, I didn't notice it until like the third quarter, until the second half. And I was like, wait a minute. Jefferson has his helmet off? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then, you know, we find out after the game that he got banged up on the very first play because we were seeing, you know, random running backs sitting out there, like young guys. Yeah. We're just like, what in the world's happening? Four different running backs played. And, and I know that Juton, is it Juton or Lavelle that's also hurt too that's out? I uh, mean, basically. I think they uh, both are. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I know that I they know both Juton played. Juton is hurt. Juton got hurt there in the fourth quarter. He was holding his leg. Yeah, um, so I believe it's just Cavasse and Lavelle, and then you'll have to figure out who hey, to fill it. Beckwith. We got D Be- Beck with who's apparently been practicing with the wide receivers. So God That's knows. Weird. I told and I said that too. I said he was 6'3", 245 or whatever. Like he's a six, perfect six five, like yeah. two, like, two and I, almost two fifty. I said that he was going to be a really good uh, red zone threat, but I mean now you're going to have to use him at running back possibly. So yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. And we also know that now, uh, to finish off the Miami game, we came out and, you know, finished off the game. It ended up Kentucky covered the spread, and they handled their business. After that first drive, they only, yeah, if you take out that first drive, they only allowed six points the rest of the game. And uh, the defense was pretty phenomenal. Alex Safari came out, played very well. Andrew Phillips played very well. J.J. Weaver was phenomenal. 38-year-old DeAndre Square led the team in tackles, so it was it was good. I, I was impressed by the defense. Brett Gabbert, who was the quarterback of Miami, decent quarterback. Um, I mean, the MAC is known for their passing attack, their air raids. They're, they're really good at offense, so it was good to see the best of Miami, Ohio, the best of the MAC come, and we actually handled our business after that first drive. It was very encouraging to see the adjustment, and then the players, you know, handled their business so now we look towards um, i already told my family don't stress me out too much this week don't talk to me too much this is the week we play florida in football and ever since that i was a kid uh went the first 22 or something years of my life without beating florida and me and jared and his fiance were together the night we broke the street what one of the greatest night. nights one of the greatest nights of my life. KS Bar provided one of the greatest nights of my life. I left that place absolutely smelling like eighteen different types of alcohol because it literally turned into a party. It was it was an incredible event. It just it erupted, and I will always remember almost everything about that night. There's a lot of things I cannot discuss due to things that people said. Um, <laughs> Jared, the the dude that went around screaming "F the Gators" was. <laughs> one of the dude that dude is a legend in my mind because i i could tell you what that dude looked like and everything about him and i have no idea what his name is and it was it was great night yeah so, when, you get a, this is, when you just get like one big family like that all bbn together going crazy watching a game celebrating people has got their shirts off you know there's champagne flying in the air everyone's yeah. just happy you got people in tears it's just a great moment and we're going yeah. to do it again. We're yeah. going it's, to do it again. It's not going to feel as good. I mean, it's always no. great, but 
No. When you finally do something so special like that, um, man, it, it feels so, so good, especially when you get to do it with all of your family. It's just, you know, the Big yeah. Blue Nation is wonderful. Yeah, it, it was it was one of the greatest nights of my life. I will not deny that ever. I will always remember almost every event from that night. Ryan Lemon got on the bar shirtless and multiple champagne bottles flying everywhere. It was, it was it. So we go towards that game, and we are currently, last time I saw it, we were a four-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah, it was like uh, So we are, they're favored to win 55%, 55% of the time. And honestly, I feel like that's probably right. I feel like it's probably about 50, 50. I'm, I'm worried about the offensive line. Everything else I'm not worried about. Uh, Kenneth Horsey is moved to left tackle. Now we, there are adjustments going to the line. Kenneth Horsey does not have great experience on the left tackle. He actually played that against Iowa last year and he kind of struggled at times, but Iowa honestly had one of the best defensive lines last year. So the fact that he did that in three days notice and went up against one of the best defensive lines was people will hark on him and say he struggled, but that is a tough task to do. I mean, imagine your company CEO comes to you and you have two days to say, Hey, <laughs> you're the, you're the dude in charge now. So it, I'm excited about him being left tackle because he's experienced, he knows the communication and has the skills. So Jared, what's your first outlook on this game? What do you think will happen? What do you think? What do you think the keys are? Uh, the keys are the keys of the game is number one defense. If you can play very good defense and honestly contain Richardson from running, force force Richardson to throw. If you force Richardson to throw, you're going to have a really good night. I can tell you that yeah. much. If you let him run and use his legs, he can't throw. Yeah. Let him run because guess or don't let him run. Force him to throw because we have guys who are very speedy, very strong. You give him a nice one or two good licks, he ain't gonna run much. I tell you that much. And then they ain't gonna no. move the ball because they ain't got no running back, ain't got no wide receivers, they ain't got nothing. Offensively, defensively, sure, they're whatever. all they're always gonna be. They have talented individuals, whether yeah. or not they're coached well. Yeah, yeah, you know they always seem to have a pretty stout defensive line. So that's that, that's I one thing like to that's worry about. Their number one key, defensive line, yeah. which I think that's yeah. a very high key. You know, your top seven, your your defensive line needs to get pressure, and then your linebackers need to be very solid, very smart, very quick. But um, yeah, go go ahead. So. If you think about this game, let's let's break it down because I don't know all that much about um, everything about Florida, but I do know a lot about them. Let's compare overall coaching. I think we win that battle. Easy. Mark Stoops is the third best coach in the SEC, and he is a top ten, maybe even top eight or top six, even uh, coach in the nation. So yes, yeah, right. yeah, and. So in their coach, I don't really know much about him. This is his first big job. So yeah, what's his name? Billy Napier or something? Napier, yeah. It's determined to see how he works out. So quarterback wise, now the Twitter trolls will tell you that Anthony Richardson is the hottest thing since sliced bread. He is the new People guy. Aren't even trolling about this stuff. It makes yeah, me they, so mad because I think he's so overrated. The only yeah. thing he does is use his legs. Yeah, and that's fine. Use what you're best at, but 
if you get a team that's going to force you to throw, that it's ball game because yeah. you can't you you suck. Sorry, you suck. I mean, he he lived last week against Utah, which I think Utah is a little bit overrated. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12, but I don't think the Pac-12 is that good. So, I, do I think the Pac-12 could hold a candle to Kentucky? Uh, a lot of the teams off Pac-12, no. I don't think so. I mean, we just seen the Oregon absolutely got demolished by Georgia. I mean, just throttled by them. It, it's I, I don't think the Pac-12. I think Pac-12 is getting more towards the uh, mid, what is it called? The, the lower conferences more than you know the bigger conferences. I think that's a yeah mid major. I think they're just I think they're just dying out slowly, and it's it's painful to watch because I like Oregon. I like a lot of those schools, but I mean UCLA had they said twenty seven thousand fans in that. In that stadium, they might have had. They might have had twenty-seven. They, yeah, they might. Yeah. It, it was. Oh my lord! I saw the meme that said Big 12's like excited to announce they got UCLA, and I was like, "This somebody said this is UCLA," and I was like, "Good lord, that's yeah. horrible." Now, I mean, to be so, fair, they they did say it was like a hundred and three that day. So, do you think it, would, it was? You like we had thunderstorms threatened all day in Kentucky, filled it out from Miami, Ohio. Stadium up if it was a hundred and three here. So yes. Hey, yeah, and we always have 80% humidity, so it is it is what it is. So he did have 17 completions out of 24, but they were it was less than 10 yards of completion. 168 in, passing yards on 17 I mean, completions. He lived off his legs. No touchdowns passing, That's three touchdowns running. And so what he contained. did last year, he cannot throw. You go back and you look at his throwing, he's terrible. Like I mean, the, that's yeah. the key. Force him to throw. Do not let him run. Yeah. You let him run. Okay, you might get a little bit of fits here and there. They, they're actually they'll just move the ball well. Honestly, they're, you'll get to so, third down every single time, even if you let him run. You force him to throw. It's three and outs all day. So this is what I think the key to the game is. Both offensive lines, I think, are a major key to the game, and I and I think that it goes. The biggest key to the game is Anthony Richardson against our front seven. And our front seven are phenomenal. I mean, everybody, all of our front seven barely showed any blemish throughout last week. So it's our front seven against Anthony Richardson. I'm picking our front seven. Our front seven are phenomenal. Uh, Dion played great. I mean, he was balling. There's no way that kid's... We're gonna that, the from last uh, last year from the Florida game taking back the 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 blocked uh, field goal. Yeah. Tevin Wallace is going to be in there, or, or yeah. is it Tevin or Trevin? Trevin. Okay, Trevin. Trevin Wallace. Okay. Well, either way, sophomore. He's a stud. He's fast. He's quick. He's big. He's going to be in there to start for Jordan Wright. So uh, yeah, yeah. Anywho, continue. And, and, I'm sorry to. And as of Tuesday night, we still have no idea about the players that are suspended for the Chris Rodriguez situation, which is absurd at this point. Just let us know. They say it's nothing too crazy. Well, then just let us know. I mean, it's it's. I've said I've said I've seen people speculate that he's going to come out and say Chris Rodriguez is not you know suspended. I don't think he's going to do that. Mark Stoops is not that kind of guy. I don't think. Now, he could prove me wrong, but I just don't think he's going to be like last second. Oh, yep, Chris is going to play. I just don't see that for, for, or I don't see that happening. So I think that when, when Chris comes back, it'll be, we get to know Sunday night, Monday that Chris is coming back. 
he's not going to pull it up last second for the Florida game. Now, if he did, I think that's a legend status because I hate Florida. But this game is something that means near and dear to me. I watch every second of this game. I get super hyped about every moment of this game. So I just don't think that Florida is as good. I think that Kentucky fans are overreacting about the negative that we went through on Miami, uh, the real game on Miami. And I think Florida fans are reacting off one win. They got boosted to 12th in the nation off Which is beating Utah. That's absurd. That's so I mean, there's ridiculous. No- the fact that they moved from un- being completely unranked yeah. all the way up to number 12. There is not. Come on now. There's there's no. there. That You know what that is? That is a lot of the name and the logo going with yeah, it. The I fact agree. that they win one game. We did that. And no. we even had that same uh, win. Like what they win by like four or something. If yeah. we did that, we wouldn't even get ranked. Or if they we did, won. we would go up to like twenty four or something. And they won on the goal line at the last second, too, yeah. didn't they? Like it was it wasn't like they blew out this team. And I think it's a lot of Utah getting overhyped and now Florida's getting overhyped. So it's gonna be a tough game. Going to Gainesville is every time is tough. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a, loud it's environment. a rough environment. Like I seen something today where Florida has the number one like student section in college football. They're crazy. And, I mean that I mean, you get, I mean, they might. I'm trying to. I think honestly, the only time you even think about student sections is basketball. No one cares about football. Come on now, it's the whole stadium in football arenas that go crazy. In 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 college basketball now, they could actually play a factor because they're always loud. They're always going crazy. Yeah, and they're right there. Yeah, they're right there behind the basket, and so. I would have to say that probably I, I I could think of three real quick that could be bigger than Florida. I'm going to say Texas A&M. Easy. Texas A&M probably has one of the greatest environments. Yeah, with the I sailors. Mean, don't they hate when yeah. people call them sailors? Yeah, I don't know. I don't Aggie. I don't know. <laughs> They're Aggies. Whatever Aggie is. But it, it's literally a, the loudest stadium, I think, in college football. And then Alabama. Alabama. They pack that out when they play Delaware. It's they, they they're a loud environment, and I'd say even LSU would be up there too. Uh, LSU and they're good is definitely better than Florida. Florida's crazy. I'm not saying Florida's probably top five, but I just think of those three probably better. But I mean, I I think that we ultimately win this game. I really hope we do. Now I could see us winning this, and I think if I had to pick, I'd say six out of ten times we win this. I agree. But, I like the six out of ten. I like the six out of ten. Sixty percent so, of the time, I think we win this game. So, but there's things that could go wrong. But I, I'm happy that Stoops adjusted his line quickly and said, "This is what we need to do." We, and he moved Kenneth Horsey, somebody with experience, a veteran, you know, because that left tackle, Will Levis was fa- sacked four times by a, a Mac school. He knew that if Will Levis gets hurt, then this team is washed yeah. it's it's that you need him i mean he's he's the most important player on this team so we got to protect his blind side we got to keep him on the ground and having kenneth horsey on the left side will actually help the left guard because kenneth horsey could probably you know communicate with the guy saying this is what we need to do this is what you know watch out for this stunt and kenneth horsey is experienced now one thing i will really have thought about the past few days is i think Knowing how Dare Rosenthal ended up in the NFL and honestly getting cut, and I don't know whether he's on a practice team now. I wish he was back. Yeah. He was. He definitely 
could have benefited this team and probably benefited himself a lot. Offensive line, if he's back, I think yeah. that changes us all the way up to probably a top ten offensive line in the country. Yeah, I mean he's big loss. Yeah, he was huge. He had experience. He was talented. And when he played, he was a great run blocker and a great pass blocker. He was not getting moved. So knowing how it played out for him, I see why then his staff, his stock, you know, plummeted a little bit during the draft. He ended up falling pretty far in the draft. If we had him, it would definitely change this team. So, but Jared, all right, so let's get to to the final segment here. What's your prediction for how this goes? What do you think the final score is? The over-under right now is 52.5 for the total. We're at a 4.5 point underdog. What's your prediction? What are you thinking? I'm going to go the under. I'm going to go 23-20. I'm not choosing Florida to win. Like it's, That's just absurd. I'm going to go 23-20 Kentucky. We went by three and hit the under uh, by quite a bit. I, I just think the defenses are going to play such a big part. But we do have explosive players on offense that can do some damage. Barry on Brown, my guy. Uh, Dane Key, yeah. a very possession wide receiver, big body. Um, still needs to get stronger, but he's got strong hands, which is great to have, especially in the red zone. After then, Will Levis destroyed his other hand the other night yeah. with that bullet pass. <laughs> Dane got iced up as soon as he caught the touchdown. That's how hard Will Levis throws the ball. And that was one of our things we said before the season. like He's got to get a little bit of touch so he doesn't break people's hands. I mean, I'm not mad about him throwing a bullet pass on that one, but whew, yeah. Jesus, yeah, he throws he throws them with then, some heat. But can, of course, we have Tavion Robinson. You know, he's he's fun. He's explosive, uh, just like Barry on Brown. And then I think it comes down to our defense and offensive line. I mean, I don't think we need to worry about them passing the ball. If I'm being quite honest, or running the ball, I think it's just. Their run game is Anthony Richardson. I think we need to run the ball better. Uh, we only yeah. had 50 rushing yards against Miami, Ohio. So I can't remember the last time we had that low of a total. Yeah, that's that's just poor from us. But honestly, if we're going to have 50 rushing yards, we better have 350 passing yards. So, yeah. or I mean, let's be honest, maybe 400, uh, especially going on the road in a hostile environment. So, uh, yeah, I'm going yeah. 23-20 cats. Yeah, you're you're probably right. Where I was going to take the under two. Um, I think last year we it was not a high scoring game either, if I remember so correctly. So it never is because these are two defensive teams. Yeah, and I mean we are a lot of our identity is usually, usually the same. Now we they have more of a running quarterback than we do, and we for once have a air raid quarterback, a, a passer, which is not something we've had in a long time. Yeah, so. I'll probably say 27, 21 and I'm going to say, I want to say it's going to come up to a big stop by the defense and I'm going to take the under say we cover, but we're taking the under too. And I think my MVP of the game, I'm going to go with Will Levis. I'm going to say that he is better with the ball. He's already been hard on himself. So I'm going to say that he scores. He, he's majority of this team's production and a lot of it is going to go back to Tavion Robinson, but I, I like your I like I like Barry and Brown. I think Barry and Brown will probably get involved a lot, and I hope he does because the kid was electric with the ball. I mean, he we haven't had a dude like that in a long time that is that young and that electric, and we just know that he's going to be good. I mean, he came out with literally a bang in his in his career. So, but who's do you did you pick an MVP? I did not. I think my MVP 
is going to be I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. Um, that's where I love. It's where it's my it's my pride. You know, um, I think that's kind of our number one identity is defense, and then normally it's to run the ball too. But so banked up. But I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Jaquez Jones. I think he gets a pick and a sack. And I think uh, the sack is actually the game winner on fourth down. Or hey, he had you know. he had the game winning deflection last year. So I mean, he deflected. Was it was it Anthony Richardson that threw that ball? No, like he deflected. On. I mean, it might have been. I don't know. I don't remember uh, that well, but I don't know. I don't remember. I knew that they were floating between the two quarterbacks during our game. Oh, dude, they were came. going back and forth all year because they both sucked. They didn't know who to go with. Yeah, yeah. So. And I think this is another game for is it Dion Walker our center or nose tackle? Sorry, uh, I think that's his name. It sounds it sounds familiar. So I, would I think yeah. so. So I'm gonna pick him as my defensive MVP. Okay. He's he's balling out. I was very impressed by that dude's um, Dion Walker. Yeah, I was very impressed that that kid literally he was a presence all night in that game. Now he only ended up with four tackles. But he was he was a presence, and I, I'm impressed to see what he can do. And Keaton Wade came out and leveled some kid. Uh, 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 and so I think the star front seven is ultimately what gets us. I, I look at all these names that made tackles, and I just I think all the defensive stats. I just think we have those dudes, and I think that's ultimately what what limits Florida's production. So my, seven o'clock. My offensive uh, player of the game. Keaton Upshaw. I think he gets a beautiful two touchdown game. Um, I think I think he's gonna have a good game, but yeah. Anyway, I, I forgot the I th- offensive MVP. So yeah, yeah. I think that Ty Gangarello active this game. I feel like because uh, I think it was something that you were saying in the middle of the game against Miami Ohio that they that uh, Kentucky was actually holding back some things before they went up against Florida. They were. Uh, trying to hide some identities and stuff like that. So, and I think yeah, he might have th- nailed that, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. I hope they do get our very athletic and good tight ends going. Yeah, and I think after Scangarello really, you know, came out and said, "Yeah, I'm not showing anything." I think that's what he's alluding to because Scangarello is a tight ends first coach, and you don't get that a whole lot. But think of all the production that you get out of the 49ers and all the offenses he's been over. He loves to scheme up for his tight ends. I just don't think he's going to show that against Miami Ohio. I think Stoops really, really, really takes the um, Florida game serious every year. I think he he uses it as motivation for his team. And I think after seeing Florida get knocked up to 12 after one game and all the stuff that Twitter and all their fans are already saying, it's just fuel to the fire. Thanks. That's all Stoops needed. He's going to come out and he's going to lay it down because that's what he does. He loves it. Don't motivate him. If I was an opposing coach against Stoops, I'd say, shut up, please. Do not give him anything because that's all him and Vince Merrill need to get this team going and and just fire us up. So he already sees, okay, now we're the underdog. Now we're now they're ranked 12th. That's all he needs. He yeah, just needs to be the underdog. He strives under it, too. He's so good at it. He's been under yeah. all, all every single year at his in his Kentucky career. He's always been the underdog. And that's why he's always overachieved every single year. And he's going to do it yeah. again. You already know he will. Yeah. And I can't wait. 7 o'clock Saturday night. 
I don't know where I'll be. I'll be watching it no matter where I'm at. My phone's going to be charged. Sure I will not be at a wedding at 7 o'clock. Yeah, they know. I, I, it's just what... It's just what's going to happen. Yep. I'm going to have right. to watch every blood, second. Baby. I, we bleed blue to the core. And, um, and I don't care whether they got me in a funeral. I will be watching this game. And I, I, will, will, have be, a, I will have the game in my casket. Yeah. I, it's This is serious to me. I don't know why I've always held the Florida game serious to me, but I've told everybody in my family this is it. This and is the time for Everyone me. who knows me, Logan, uh, Bree, every single person, there is two games. I don't care if we go two and thirty-five every single year. I do not care. Beat Loserville. Yeah. Beat Florida. I'm happy. I don't yeah. care. Beat those yeah. two. I'm happy. And this man has always lived by that mantra. Every for single, years, I don't even care. For for years, he said, "I don't care as long as we beat those two teams." Yep. And he said, "And then he, if we went two and ten every year, and every win was Florida and Louisville, this man would be happy." Now I like it a little bit better than that, but I kind of agree with him. Florida fans and Louisville fans are the worst. And Louisville, like, and okay, let's, let's do one quick to Syracuse of all people. Oh my gosh, you U of L Sheriff has been living rent free on my Twitter, and I actually love it because this man is losing his mind, he's and he's like, he's "We can do, we can." He's a, like, "We should do better. We shouldn't lose this." I'm like, "Yeah, you shouldn't, but you <laughs> suck." Oh my gosh, you're horrible. You're so bad. You have you don't understand like you are so bad. And it's like they think it's going to get better and it's not under Satterfield. It's not. It, it, you're you're going to be bad and I cannot wait. And he's coming for you gay already. He's coming for you gay and I'm like you're going to get murdered. Syracuse just murdered you and Syracuse is horrible. So get ready for a one in eleven season. You're you're not going to be good. So, anyways, that's my rant. I can't wait. We'll be here to talk about it just after the game if I'm hype enough. I know last year I stayed up till three a.m. after we beat Florida. So let's uh, if we do one right after the game and post it, I can't wait. I would, I can't wait. So hopefully we can find a Twitter space. If we do, we'll tweet it out. So, but anyways, this has been Logan. Jerry, do you have anything else? Go Cats, baby. All right, so this is Logan. This is Jared with his Go Cats. We'll see y'all next time. Have the Gators!